just hold it like this. How about that? That way I ain't got to adjust this. I mean, I'm short, but I'm not that short. Good morning, everybody. I'm Dustin. Uh, What's up, Big D? So thankful I'm the church, one of the church planning residents at New City, but the one here specifically at Edgerton. Um, so grateful to be here in the house of the Lord this morning to worship. Amen. Amen. And I tell you what, what worship, uh, I tell you, sometimes I love this acoustic style, the, but man, still so amazingly Beautiful. powerful. So grateful to be here and be here with all of you guys. I got a few announcements, uh, a couple things. <clears throat> First, um, uh, we didn't get to do this through the Easter time because of the, the situations and things. Um, so we, but we do this every year at New City. One thing that New City it prides itself on is being a church that plants churches. And a part of that is being a part of North, Mission, North American Missions Board, which is NAM, and their entire purpose and goal is to help church planners. So every year we go about, usually around the Easter season, and we help donate, take up a special offering for NAM and their Annie Armstrong campaign. And what that does is that money goes directly to back to the North American Missions Board and helps them help planting. So our, our overall, overall goal at New City is to uh, be a church that plants churches and to have a new city in every city in Kansas City. So to help further that, we we ask that if God's laid on your heart and, and ask you guys to pray about it, about uh, offering to the Annie Armstrong NAM North Mission American North American Missions Board. I can't speak today. It's, it's one of those weeks. Uh, North American Missions Board's uh, this offering that we're going to take up for them. So, also we have two weeks left. I told you guys about uh, a couple weeks ago about we want to, as a church, gather up things for Steve Sanford. He is deployed to Afghanistan, and as a church, I want to send. We want to send a care package. So for the next two weeks, um, I if you if you would throughout the week gather up a few things uh, that you think he would you know that would would be awesome to go. If you don't know what what you think would be uh, something that you'd want to put into a care package, you can you can get a hold of me. Um, you can get with me right after service, and I can talk to you about those things. Also, I'm going to get a final list from his wife um, and find out things that maybe he's needing. But anything like candies, um, reading material, uh, we're going to go and get some cigars from the Outlaw Cigar Shop because he loves Outlaw Cigar Shop and, and the cigars. And we just want to send him a care package to let him know that we're thinking about him while he's deployed to Afghanistan. Uh, and lastly, we're having starting port starting point um it's date on that casey our first starting point okay first sunday of the month so the first sunday of may no so formally may 1st formerly it's been city walk well we've actually transitioned into now calling it starting point so it's the same thing different name so if you are new here to new city if you if you haven't ever been to a city walk or now starting point, if you are interested in, in knowing more about the church, where we stand on and what our, our foundation is, getting to know more about us personally, the pastors and the staff will be here. I will be here. If you're looking for an area that you'd like to serve in or just how you can get more involved at New City, we ask that you sign up in the back. We have a sign-up sheet right back there for starting point. Um, get with me. We'll get you signed up. and It'll be after second service, May 1st, the first Sunday of May. So. With that, I think we're good to go. Thank you, guys, and I can't wait to hear the message, right? Man, I absolutely will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for this amazing opportunity to come uh, here and worship you. Father God, there's 
ways that you call and ask us to worship you. And, and one of those ways in, in being obedient in that is giving of our tithes and our offerings back to, uh, Lord, your house, your body, your bride. Lord, we ask that you would lay it on the hearts of every single person, Lord, that you would bring them into right understanding and, and help us be obedient in this. God, we thank you for all that you do and, and how you work through us. Father God, I pray that every single one of us would leave different than we walked in. God, we love you and we praise you. We ask that you bless this offering. Lord, that you would take it and you would just multiply it like you do. Lord God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dustin. short video. I was like, oh, is that now? now? I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was just getting into it, man. How's everybody this morning? How are you doing, New City? Man, I had no idea Joe Corbin could play the guitar. What? The dude never ceases to, what's that? You learned it this morning? Are you kidding me? Dude, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. I have no musical talent and everything like that, but, um, yeah, who said amen? So I got rhythm, though. I could be a backup dancer. I'd be like, what's up? You know? It's all good. It's all good, man. It's good to see everybody. Everybody doing all right, man. And, and the worship just was full. Alyssa, Betsy, thank you guys. It was like, woo, man. I was like, people back here just like, they got hands raised and everything like that. People boogieing down. All right. It was awesome. It's awesome. So. But I think I've met everybody. Uh, I am Casey. Uh, welcome to the 9 o'clock service. I know it's, uh, it's funny because uh, the, the early service is, is one of those where, where folks are coming in. Like, they're like, oh, what the heck am I doing? And, and then they leave like, woo. You know, so it's, it's pretty cool. People that are coming in the into the 1030 service like, what the heck just happened, man? These people are coming out of here crazy. But, uh, but it is good. It is good. And uh, I do want to share with you, too, if you haven't, that we've had several people that have updated information, uh, new emails, that kind of thing. I send out a newsletter every couple of weeks, two or three weeks. And uh, want to make sure you got your information correct. And maybe you've never filled out one of these, but this is a Connect card. Uh, Dustin's got some in the back, uh, back area back there and that kind of thing. Thank you. Dustin for taking all those and, and, and that kind of thing. So if you need to fill out or update any information or if you're like, you know, I don't think I've ever even put a Connect card in, uh, we would love to reach, reach back out. And uh, also if you're interested in serving in any way, if you want to put anything like that on there, uh, we'd love to have you either in Kids City and the worship team. Like, like if you know guitar, by surprise, maybe you're like, oh, what? Uh, that kind of thing too. Uh, we, we'd love to have some people greeting. If you're if you're friendly and want to want to love on people when they first come in, work uh, even even things like security, right? You know, people are like, do we have a security team? Yeah, but nobody knows about it. Right? <laughs> well, like stealth security type stuff. People are like, yeah, you don't know who's you don't know who's packing around here. You know, like, oh, all right, yeah. So uh, that's how we roll in the edge, baby. That's right. That's right. Work. But here's the thing, man. Like uh, like we're going through this this series called uh, Living Life Backward. And, and, I, and I love this, I, like Ecclesiastes, written by a guy named Solomon, is my personal favorite Old Testament book. Uh, the Old Testament written is, the, is God's word written prior to Jesus coming. Jesus 
comes, fulfills everything written about him in the Old Testament uh, through the New Testament. And then we have basically what you have is the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, is the Genesis, which is the creation account, right, and everything in the beginning. And then you have what I'm starting, actually, my personal reading this morning is, is in Revelation, where the end time, the, where God makes everything new, right? And, and so I, I love this because we actually have the, the, the complete, inerrant, inspired word of God, amen. And so we know what happens at the end. We know God comes and makes everything right. And, and so we win, exactly right. And so I hear people all the time like, hey, man, what's, what's Revelation about? You know, they, you know, I think we ought to do a study on that and find out what the Gog and Agog it is. And, and, and what all the, the seven-headed monsters and all the, people, all, the, all the monsters with eyes, what do they all represent and stuff like that. And like, Here's the bottom line about Revelation in the end times. If you are in Jesus and you know him and love him and do what he says, you're good, right? Even if we go through suffering, even if we go through things, like eventually we're good. And this Ecclesiastes book is actually all about how do we live life good and, and knowing God and knowing him, even though there's a bunch of junk going on in the world and a bunch of junk going on in our lives. That's what it's all about. It's, it's really neat. So, so you've got the beginning where God makes everything complete and awesome and amazing because of this desire for knowledge and increase in knowledge, there's this the temptation comes, Eve's like, hey, I could be actually smart and know good and evil rather than knowing just good. And so she takes it, gives some to Adam, we fall, that kind of thing. And then at the end, uh, like, go through all this stuff, Jesus comes and redeems us, right, if we're in him. And so we have that offer of salvation. And then at the end, God makes everything new. All the justice we're screaming about, all the, the, the fairness, all the equity, all the everything we're wanting and desiring, God actually makes it in the end. And that's why it's so beautiful. It's a wonderful, not just a story, it's actually what has happened and what will happen according to God himself. And so I want you to understand this. Like physically, we are going to die. Happy Sunday, right? Happy Sunday. I mean, we, we actually, I was talking to uh, one of you here this morning that, that knows the little girl that passed away in the, in the car accident this past week over in Gardner. All right? It's a, it's a tragedy. Some of your, your, your little girls are friends with them, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's tough, right? And, I, and I'm not dismissing any of that kind of thing because, man, when, because it's not how God designed us. God designed us with eternity in our hearts, and everlasting, amen? Like it's a, like it's a, like he, he designed us in his image and he's eternal. So when death comes and sickness comes and junk comes and injustice comes and racism comes and all that crap that we're, we're just so, it's, it's just like it doesn't sit right with those who are his. And it's not supposed to. And I'm not saying we should just ignore it. I'm just saying, hey, yes, we should address those things. But understand, it's never going to be perfect until the perfect comes. And it's going to be all right. And we're not here very long, right? And God knows us before we were born because of this eternity. This, uh, this not bound in past, present, and future is what blew me away. Just in my personal reading in Revelation, God comes to John on the island of Patmos, says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is something we can't comprehend. That he's both because he's eternal. He's not in this past, present, 
future context that we're in. There's no linear time according to to God himself. This is heavy-duty stuff, and we can't comprehend that, right? But the bottom line is we ain't here that long. None of us, even those who live the longest among us, are not here that long. And with that, we've got to learn to be okay with being okay with being forgotten by the world. See, here, here's, what, here's what the world tends to say. Hey, man, leave your mark, right? I think of the, you ever, you ever watch the old Saturday Night Live? I'm going to move this here because it's wobbly. I'm sorry. The old Saturday Night Live character, Chris Farley, did this, uh, what was it, Matt Foley, the, the, the motivational speaker, right? Hey, you ever see that? <laughs> going to get on the right track, baby? I love that, right? Like it's, a, like it's a funny thing, but man, one of the things he says, oh, so you're wanting to take the world by the tail, spin it around, and put it in your pocket, right? But he's actually more correct than most motivational speakers. He goes, well, I got some news for you. It ain't, you're going to be living in a van down by the But it's But he's actually like, the reality is, I don't care how much of an impact we make on the world. I don't care how much of a, of, a, of, of the, the history books that are written about us. I don't care how long people talk about us. Eventually, we will be, quote, unquote, forgotten. Even if our <laughs> worm food, exactly right. And it's a, it sounds depressing, but it's really not because it is God who, who remembers us. He knew us before we were born, and he'll know us when, after we die as well, if we're his. And that's why, that's why it's important for us to understand who he actually is and understand that that we are to honor God with everything including what we learn so many times people will want to accumulate knowledge and get education and I'm not against those things but I am against anything that goes for like like if I do something strictly to just better myself then it's a futile effort it's meaningless because if I ain't here long, and I'm going to die soon, and if I, if I lived 120, I got a little less than 70 years, right? I don't have a lot of time. And so if I do things to just improve myself, it's going to go away anyway. But if I do everything to honor God, if you do everything to honor God with everything you learn, everything you do. Now, in fact, Scripture says no matter if you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Amen. That's what we're to to do. So listen to what Solomon, who is the author of Ecclesiastes, he also authored the Song of Solomon. He also authored, uh, there's one more he did, didn't he? Anybody know? Proverbs. Proverbs, thank you. Yeah, exactly right. The book of wisdom, right? The most, the most wise, the most wealthy, the most influential person of his time had everything at his disposal, had riches, had entertainment, had Sex had everything at his anything that you could imagine from a worldly perspective, he could get at a moment's notice, and he still writes something called Ecclesiastes that says it's all meaningless. Wow, check this out. And you probably will start playing this song in your head. I can't remember who the it's Peter, Paul, and Mary, or Mamas of the Poppers, or something like that. But what's that? It's the birds. Is it? Okay, cool. Maybe it's, is it for the birds or the birds? Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. What's that? B-Y-R-D. Now, isn't that Clapton? No. Cream, that's right. 
That's right. Dang it. I got to get back up on my history. Usually can rattle those things off, man. I need more coffee. There is an occasion, verse 1 in chapter 3, there's an occasion for everything. And a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. We did with that in COVID last week, last year, didn't we? It's like elbows. Oh, come on. A time to search and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for for peace. Now, a lot of people are like, what is he talking about? What does he mean? Well, keep in context what he talked about last, last time. There's just a bunch of cycles in life. They just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. The rivers keep flowing. They go into the sea. They never fill up. It, it's like this. It's, it, there's this rain that comes down. I, I, there's all these cycles. We work. We rest. It's just all the, on and on and on and on. And, then, and, he, and he says this in, in context of all that. I don't have a whole lot to say, and you can go and, and check commentaries out about what Solomon's talking about. But what I think he's saying is like it's just cycles of life, right? You can just get into. Well, I hear people some. I hear people some. I just feel like I'm in a rut. Yep. Yeah. We, we actually, in a lot of ways, are. We wake up, we go to work, we sleep, we eat, we do all these kind of things, right? And 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 I'm not saying. To, to be satisfied necessarily with being in a rut. But if God says, be okay with the monotony of life, be okay with it. Like, I, I love the person that, that says, you know what? Whatever God says for me to do, whether it's the most menial, menial trivial, uh, the least quote-unquote impactful to the world, if that's what he has me doing, I'm going to be doing it for the glory of God, and I'm going to do it better than I could ever do it on my own because I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit while I shine shoes and clean toilets. And whether he raises us up and does things that the world looks at and goes, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive, or not, we're to be okay with it. Just be okay with it. Amen? This is not, hey, man, I thought we are supposed to be in the motivational stuff. Hey, if God doesn't motivate you by what he has done through his Holy Spirit, if he doesn't give you this compulsion to honor him in absolutely everything you do, I can't do anything. And even if I did, I'd be stepping in God's way. And I, that would be something I'm pretty afraid of, of doing, right? What does the worker, verse 9, gain from his struggles? I love these questions he starts asking because these are things that philosophers ask and they try to answer it without God a lot of times. Check this out. What does a worker gain from his struggles? I have seen the task that God has given people to keep them occupied. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has put eternity in their hearts. But man cannot discover the work God has done from the beginning to end. And by the way, that's very, very true. We cannot possibly discover and fathom 
everything that God has done. Do you know what, what we talked about last week? When, when Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, he's absolutely correct. Even, was it at Einstein that came up with the theories of, of uh, thermodynamic or the laws of thermodynamics that said, there is no new matter created or, or destroyed? So everything on this earth is what has been here. Oh, oh, well, they brought back rocks from the moon. Yeah, but this guy's still creation, still under the sun. Right? Oh, 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 they're going to Mars and they made, uh, oh God, this is so, this cracks me up. Did you hear about this? They flew a helicopter on Mars. Oh my gosh. It's amazing, man. Right? Who needs God, man? Right? Like seriously, look what we can do. We can actually, we can actually, we went to Mars and, 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 and we made carbon dioxide. We took it from the atmosphere of Mars and we made oxygen with it in a lab, man. And people are all over. Man, that's incredible. Man, maybe there's going to be life. You know what? God made trees that has done that for all of eternity. Trees do that all the time. Let's go plant some trees on Mars and see what happens. I don't know, you know. Like, I'm thinking, come on, man. Like, this is, like, this is something we, we just tend to think, oh, this is amazing. Look at the discoveries. And God's like, dude, you can never figure me out. Like, you're going to be trying to try. You just, like, seriously. You just got to Mars, and I got a whole complete space that never ends that you talk about eternity that has this, this completely expanding and contracting of all the planets and the gravitational pulls and the, the, the supernovas and the black holes and all this kind of stuff you'll never get to. You can never count, and, and, and you're so fascinated you think you've done something by Going to Mars. Now, I'm not minimizing that. I think it's kind of cool, actually. But if we think we got it all figured out, and we can't even get to Mars without a huge effort and that kind of thing, and we haven't even started with the rest of our little universe, much less all the countless universes that God's made, man, it's amazing. I even heard somebody one time say, you know, if they find life on Mars, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just uh, stop worshiping Jesus. Okay, so let me, let me get this straight. If they find life on Mars, which they might, I don't know. They might, there's water there, right? But I, I still think it's a, it definitely, without a doubt, a creation from God. This is, this is an incredible universe. But imagine they find little green men a million miles away. Does that invalidate what Jesus did for us? That he fulfilled hundreds of prophecies, come to the earth and like fulfills all those prophecies, dies on a cross, dies on a cross, rises from the grave for you and me. It doesn't, does it? I'm like, big deal. <laughs> so what? Little green man, million miles away, and somehow you think that's going to invalidate Jesus? See, I, I'm never going to be one of those that says, "Oh no, there's no life on any of the planets." I'm not going to say ever that. I'm never going to be one of those guys. I don't think there is. I think God made this entire universe for his children to sustain life. I think that everything, every, every universe that is out there, every sun, every star, every supernova, every black hole is all created for this one little planet that we're on. I, I, I think that. But I'm not going to say for sure because I don't know. And, and Solomon's like, we could never discover the work God has from beginning to end. Wow. I know that there's nothing better for them 
than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. Listen to this. He said, maybe we ought to just chill. Maybe we ought to relax a little bit. Maybe, I know there's nothing better for them than to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. I know that God, what, that all God does will last forever. There is no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whew. Whatever is, has already been, and whatever will be, already is. God repeats what has passed. And I, I man, let me just get into verse 16. I also observed under the sun there is wickedness at the place of judgment, and there is wickedness at the place of righteousness. Have we not seen that over the last couple of years? In the name of justice, people have destroyed neighborhoods and torn things apart. Like we're going, it just doesn't add up. Yeah, Solomon, it's already been written down, right? This is just confusing. I don't, I don't get this, right? I said to myself, God will judge the righteous and the wicked since there is a time for every activity and every good or and, and every work. Now, here's what I want to want to share with you and, and really start to get us to understand that these things that Solomon is writing are absolutely true. A lot of them are just simple questions that he's writing. But now he says that we're going to give an account. God will judge the righteous and the wicked since there is a time for every activity and every work. And then you read in Romans, the New Testament, Paul writes to the church in Rome, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And I think a lot of times we get this image, and I've heard it preached this way. I've even heard rap songs like this, right? And I know that rap and heavy metal are God's favorite styles of music. That's science. But the, the image we get is that we're going to be sitting in front of a judge, the father. And the judge is going to give us an account of, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this. Are you guilty? Are you guilty? Are you guilty? Anybody ever heard that? This is what's going to happen, right? Anybody ever? That the judge is going to bring the accusations against us. But you know what? My attorney is Jesus and his daddy's the judge. I'm going to be all right. You heard that, right? Here's the deal. Paul also writes that we're going to be presented before the throne unblemished. This word unblemished means unaccused. We're not going to have to go through the torture, according to the scripture, of this embarrassment and humiliation. Why? Because Jesus already paid the price. The fine has been paid. The case is dismissed. You do not have to show up for court. Amen. But so many of us are living in fear. So many of us are living in this, in this, man, oh man, I know I messed up and I'm gonna have to sit before the white throne of judgment. I'm gonna. That's for unbelievers. 
believers are covered in the blood of Jesus, the price has been paid. John 19.30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, what? It is finished. And then bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. That's when he died. That's when he paid the price. And a lot of people will preach even in the English, say, oh, yes, he done the work. It is finished. He has done it all. And, he, and they're right, but, but there's so much deeper than that. There's this Greek word or Aramaic word called tetelestai. Here's this in the Greek here, but it's an Aramaic word. That is what Jesus said at the end of his life, said tetelestai. It's translated, it is finished correctly, but what that actually means in the first century uh, uh, Roman Empire culture, it means paid in full. Tetelestai, they have literally found invoices with tetelestai written across it, meaning paid in full. Jesus didn't just finish the work, he paid the price for my sin, for your sin in full. We're unaccused. We're covered. That should give us great confidence. It should give us great appreciation for what God actually did. Back to Ecclesiastes. I said to myself, this happens concerning people so that God may test them. And they may see for themselves that they are like animals. For the fate of people and the fate of animals is the same. I mean, this is, he's talking physically here, right? He said, well, listen to what he says. I love this. As one dies, so dies the, so dies the other. They all have the same breath. I Meaning we're breathing the same air. But I'll probably breathe oxygen than a kangaroo in Australia probably breathe. Who knows, right? Because it's all circulating. People have no advantage over animals since everything is futile, meaningless. Are all, all are going to the same place, all come from dust and all return to dust. Who knows if the spirit of people rises upward and the spirit of animals goes downward to the earth. I hear people say, hey, do you think my dog Fluffy's going to be in heaven with me? I said, I don't know. I have no idea. Solomon did. I mean, who knows? It's not really addressed, right? But what he's saying is physically we have... Without God, we are, we, are, we are destined for the same earth as the animals. And with that, a lot of people, and, and, and I understand, but so, do you remember when President Obama swatted the fly and people just went nuts? How oh, he killed, a, he'll, he killed a, a living thing as if somehow an animal, a bug, a mosquito, a gnat is the same as a person, baloney. Do you remember when uh, when uh, the kid fell in the gorilla cage and and then they shot the gorilla because the gorilla is going to kill this kid? And people are like, oh, who's to say that we're supposed? God, God is to say. I mean, you, you shoot the gorilla, man. Like, like uh, and I, and I'll explain that because if you got a problem with that, then you got to talk to Jesus because here's what Jesus said. Remember who wrote? Ecclesiastes is Solomon, right? Check this out. Jesus' very first public ministry sermon, he addresses all this stuff in Ecclesiastes, the Sermon on the Mount. Check it out. This is why I tell you, 
Don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Question mark. Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap together in a bar- reap, reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Jesus is the one who came up with this, right? I could talk about equity and fairness all day. Well, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one. Here's the deal, though. God made us special, right? God made us in his image with eternity in our hearts. I don't see the water buffalo and the Serengeti, Serengeti having these thoughts and conversations about the philosophy of life. They may avoid death, but they're going to be drinking water, hanging out, obeying primal urges, and not worried about their purpose here on earth. We're different. We're special. I'm not saying we should dismiss the value of animals, but animals matter. We're better than that. Created in the image of God. Wow. For his purpose, for his glory, to advance his kingdom while we're here. Not my dog. As much as I could, I don't have a dog. But, but as much as I, my daughter has a dog, and I love that dog. That dog dies, I'm going to be like, you know. But if loved ones of mine die, it's going to be a whole lot different. It's just the way it is, right? We're better. We're worth more. Jesus said so. I'm done talking about it, right? Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height or a single hour to his life? Some translations say, I love that, by worrying. And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spend thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon. Wow. Not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God. That's Elder Elder Daniel's favorite passage, by the way. And his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Man, this is heavy, heavy duty. Last verse in Ecclesiastes sums all that up as well. Jesus just wrapped up Ecclesiastes and the answers of Ecclesiastes in a few short verses. Listen to what Solomon says. I've seen there's nothing better for a person to enjoy, to enjoy his activities because that is his Reward. For who can enable him to see what will happen after he dies? See, I'm going to wrap it up with this, this these couple of thoughts. That I, I think all there really is while we're here, according to Jesus, according to the word of God, is to enjoy what we do and enjoy the fruits of what we do and do it again tomorrow. Not freak out, not stress out, not worry, not 
oh, man, what's going to happen? I know there, there are consequences for our actions. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying be, being uh, uh, slackers or anything like that or, or being lazy because there's other scriptures talk about that. Yeah, we're supposed to work hard and all those kind of things. I, you know, I mean, you, you know, someone who's lazy doesn't, it isn't very well liked in the, in the scripture in the early. So yeah, all that stuff, right? But I think for us, Solomon is saying, I've done all this, I've done all the worrying, I've done all the, all the stressing out, and it ain't worth it. Wish I could go, like, how many times have you seen somebody on a deathbed going, geez, I wish I'd have just stressed out a little bit more, or worked a little bit, little bit more, spent more time doing this or that and that kind of thing, and, and not enjoy, I wish I'd spent less time enjoying myself. Nobody says that, right? Who do they gather around them? Their loved ones, right? Who do they gather around? Do they say, hey, could you bring me my degrees and my awards and my, you know, that and all that kind of stuff? So I really want to celebrate that because that's what was so valuable. And oh, it's like, man, could I have my family? Can I have somebody pray for me, right? Man, I love that because that's really the, really and truly the, the reality. So here's my, my questions, and I'd like you to take some time this week been doing this a lot lately, and I, and I hope and I pray that you're, you're doing some of these things, but take 30 minutes this week. Well, not if you can. Take 30 minutes. Everybody can, right? Ask yourself, can I actually rest in Jesus? Can I rest in him? Can I rest in, in, in what he's done, knowing that he's paid the price? I can't do anything else. If I'm in him and he's in me, I'm covered. I'll live forever. I get to be in all of eternity, and I don't even understand eternity, but, but it's a whole lot better than eternal death and eternal life. While I'm here, can I have joy in this life? Can I actually enjoy and have fun resting in the fruits of how hard I work. Work hard, yeah, absolutely. Work, yeah, work, work, work hard. I'm not saying being workaholic. I'm saying work hard. But take the time. Workaholics can't take the time to rest and enjoy the fruit of their labor. Final question. Can I have confidence as a child of God that I can work and enjoy and, and not labor, spin, and toil to the point where I'm freaked out about tomorrow and ultimately did be disobedient to Jesus. Can I actually have confidence that, number one, I can't die, and I can work hard, and I can play hard, like I can actually play and enjoy the fruit of the labor. Amen? Is that helpful, guys? This is so radical, man. Like it's so, we talk about the Bible all the time being it's a radical departure from the cultures. Yeah, the culture is like, work your tail off, right? Struggle, toil. You got to make a name for yourself. You got to make an impact on that. That's a lot of pressure. To try to make a legacy, it's a whole lot easier to know that God's the only one that will never forget us. And I don't have to build a legacy. And the only legacy I'm going to leave is the one he wants me to leave. Takes the pressure off, takes the stress out, and it's an amazing way to live.
So, Father, I just lift up these folks to you. I, I lift up, man, this entire room full of people, full of wonderful people that are wanting to do things your way. These are hard concepts to understand. They're not, they're not easy because we don't hear them a lot. We hear things like make a legacy for yourself and make a name for yourself, make your mark in the world. And, and even kids are brought up, you know, hearing those things. And, and Lord, even with the best of intentions, a lot of times it's just, it takes a lot of pressure because it takes you out of the equation. May we be the kind of people that rest in you, enjoy the, enjoy the, the fact that you have paid the price and, 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 and make a mark that you determine. May we step into those things and not feel the pressure of making the changes in this world that only you can make. We love you, we trust you, and we thank you for the permission to enjoy ourselves. It is in your son Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, love you guys. We are out like a Boy Scout.